Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we are joined by founder and CEO of the Draft Network, J.C. Cornell, to go over the Buccaneers' 53-man roster and how it will shape out. But first, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have officially named their team captains for 2020. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead story is that the Buccaneers have officially named their team captains for the 2020 season. On the offensive side of the ball, no surprise, it will be Tom Brady and Mike Evans. On defense, longtime Buccaneer Levante David, as well as fellow inside linebacker Devin White. And then on special teams, it will be linebacker Kevin Minter and punter Bradley Pinion. David, I'm I'm not surprised at all by Tom Brady and Mike Evans. I'm not surprised at all by Levante David or Bradley Pinion. The one to me that sticks out the most is Devin White in his second year being named a team captain over guys with not only Super Bowl experience, but Super Bowl championships in their resume, you have Jason Pierre-Paul, who has been with this team for quite a few years now, still one of the most feared pass rushers in the league. You have Shaquille Barrett, who is coming off of 19 and a half sacks and leading the NFL in 2019 once he got his opportunity to start. You have Indomitian Sue, longtime leader, longtime captain for multiple teams, and it's second-year player Devin White getting the nod over all those guys. Yeah, you know, uh, when, when you sit down and you kind of put together your expected team captains for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2020, I mean, obviously Tom Brady is going to be at the top of that list. That's just kind of a given, you know, paying homage to the greatness that is Tom Brady is, is just going to be a thing. Mike Evans, no surprise there, obviously. Levante David, an easy choice. But yeah, I really thought this was going to be the year that Jason Pierre-Paul came in for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wearing that C on his chest. I mean, we talked about it in his first season with the Bucs that, you know, had this team known what JPP was going to bring to them coming over from the New York Giants, they probably would have made him a captain. And everybody fully expected that coming into his second season, he would be a captain. Then the car accident happens, the broken neck, the recovery time. He's not on the field in, in training camp. He's not there to start the season. So he's not a captain. Then Carl Nassib, everybody kind of thought, okay, you're kind of the de facto captain because of JPP's absence. But everybody knows that JPP was there. He'd been wearing that seat on his chest. So then coming into this year, and this is going to be the year he's healthy. He's going to be there the full season. Everybody in, in Tampa already knows what he brings to the team, the fire, the leadership he brings in the locker room. This is going to be the year he gets to see in chess. No, the young line, Devin White, 2019 fifth or number five overall pick inside linebacker, along with inside linebacker Levante David wearing the captain's patch. Listen, I don't hate the pick whatsoever. You can see the fire. You can see the passion that Levante David brings. It reminds me a little bit of a younger, younger James Winston, who's still young, obviously but just kind of the natural leadership in him coming out from the moment he stepped into the organization. It's something that, James, you and I talked about. Everybody who met Devin White 
in Indianapolis before Indianapolis throughout the draft process that year talked about how his his charisma and his natural effort, you just want to follow him. In fact, I did follow him off of the podium to, to follow him and, and ask him some questions on the side there after he was done talking to the to the mass group there in Indianapolis. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. James, honestly, my big surprise is that there's two special teams captains. And, and I know that, uh, you know, they, they vote internally, but I don't know if the coaches kind of outline how many of each there's going to be. I don't know if maybe there was going to be a third offensive captain or a third defensive captain, but they just couldn't kind of, you know, settle on who it was going to be. So they said, you know what, we'll just give uh, the special teams a second captain. But that's really my biggest surprise other than the fact that JPP is not wearing a C and Devin White is not because of Devin White, but because of JPP. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I am. And I'm not sure if they, if the coaches relegated said, look, we're going to do 2-2-2 two, two, two this year. Uh, you know, you guys need to vote amongst yourselves and, and figure it out. But you know what? At the end of the day, and this is something that was debated quite a bit uh, heading into that draft, is this is who Devin White is. He has already, in such a short span, earned the respect and taken his role, not – you know, he, he hasn't been given the role. He has taken the role of leader, and his teammates are responding. I absolutely love to see it. I'm really excited for these two guys to uh, to be the captains on the defense, and I know it'll mean the world to Devin White to get to wear that C on his chest. Coming up in just a moment, we will be joined by J.C. Cornell, the founder and CEO of the Draft Network to start talking about the way this Buccaneers roster shaped out. But first, we have a word from our friends over at NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to nfl.com slash game pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Midweek here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. And as promised, we are now joined by the founder and CEO of the Draft Network. Of course, everybody's favorite NFL draft preparation site all year round, including fantasy football uh, advice, which since the addition of Jamie Eisner and, of course, the incorporation of the TDN Fantasy Podcast, just top-notch stuff over there. Paige Demakos, our guest from last week. If you didn't hear it, please go back and listen to that. It was absolute fire episode. Uh, we made a tweet, a social media graphic tweet of one of uh, Paige's quotes about Levante Dave. He got a lot of traction on Twitter. You probably saw it. If you didn't, again, go check it out. Great stuff there. But, JC, we've talked offline. We've talked on text, you know, had some Twitter conversations. But it's been a while since you've joined us to to talk to the Locked On Bucks podcast audience. So catch them up on everything going on over the Draft Network and how you've been. 
Hey man, I've been great. I've uh, I've definitely missed you guys and missed talking Buccaneers football. But the this pandemic uh, put a lot of uncertainty into our lives, and I'm just happy that football is happening. Um, the draft network's great, uh, thriving, getting ready for college football. That's happening. We're pumped about that, and obviously can't wait for NFL. And I'm so stoked for this Buccaneer season. You guys have no idea. Absolutely, absolutely. As are many, many people. And what we're here to do today of course, is break down the Buccaneers' first 53-man roster, which honestly isn't even their initial 53-man roster. There have been some changes since, I guess, what you would technically call the initial 53. Of course, this is a fluid product, but we're going to go through it today. We're going to break down group by group, and JC, of course, we're looking forward to all of your thoughts on each group, surprises, non-surprises, guys you're looking forward to seeing, and maybe some gaps that you might see the Buccaneers still have in their armor as they get ready to take on the National Football League, and hopefully set history, right? Become the first NFL team to win a Super Bowl and host a Super Bowl in the same season. We're going to start, JC, with the offensive line group. Donovan Smith at left tackle, Ali Marpet at left guard, Ryan Jensen the center, Alex Cap at the right guard, right tackle is first-round draft pick Tristan Wirfs. Zero surprises there. Backups, Josh Wells, Aaron Stinney, A.Q. Shipley, and Joe Haig, and then Zach Bailey, the guard, uh, Nick Leverett, another guard, and center, Zach Shackelford to the practice squad. JC, what do you think about this offensive line? Uh, very criticized offensive line. PFF kind of rated them higher than a lot of people expected. They've got some new pieces. They've got some new backups. What do you, how do you feel about the offensive line protecting Tom Brady, blocking for Rojo, Shady McCoy, and Leonard Fournette entering 2020? You know, I'm feeling really good about the line. There's, you know, they've had a lot of criticism with the fan base and whatnot. I think Donovan Smith is going to turn into a, a really quality starter here after having some tough years, but the thing with Tom Brady is he's has a quick release and he makes it so much easier on all of his offensive linemen and you know they all benefit from having him. I think when you go to the center Ryan Jensen you know what you're going to get. He's a complete he's got a huge motor. He's just an angry guy playing center and it's good to have and I think Kappa has a lot of room to grow at right guard and I, I think he has high high upside and I think he'll be solid as well. I think he's the one weak spot that we do have on the line. Um, I'm hoping Tristan Wirth Wirfs just plugs in and becomes a, a stud right away. Uh, we know the athleticism he he has, and you know there's obviously a learning curve uh, being a rookie. But you know you hope uh, the guys there are coaching him up, and Brady's coaching him up, and and what what else can you say about Ali Marpet except he's a uh, he's an All Pro and one of the best there is at left guard. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Ali Marpet is one of those people that we talked about a lot last week is someone that doesn't get the recognition or the credit that they deserve. Maybe the addition of of some marquee players in Tampa will start to drive some some eyeballs towards that of Ali Marpet. I'm a big fan, personally, of the addition of A.Q. Shipley as the backup center. He's also played guard in his career. And, you know, as David went through the, you know, the offensive line, there's there's really not a whole lot of depth there at the guard position. You got Aaron Stinney, but behind Alex Kappa, at least according to the Buccaneers depth chart, there isn't anybody. So, yeah, I would say the biggest question mark uh, on the entire team is how the offensive line is going to come together. But somebody that helped out a lot on the offensive line last year was that of O.J. Howard and J.C. We're going to dive into the tight ends. Of course, there's O.J. Howard, Anthony Auclair, Cameron Brait, new addition Rob Gronkowski, and if you take a look at the practice squad, Tanner Hudson is over there. So, J.C., how do you see this tight end group shaking out? You know, we saw O.J. Howard helping out a lot in the blocking game last year because of the deficiencies on the right side of the offensive line with DeMar Dotson over there and, and aging and some bad knees. But how do you see this tight end group shaking out as far as 
their ability to get the ball uh, you know, when they're competing with not only each other, but a, a top-tier wide receiver group. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really going to depend on what's happening in the game that we're going to be in, like just Sunday with the Saints. It's like if they want to control the ball, they can have 12 personnel with Gronk and OJ in the, in the game at the same time. And I think as far as the season outlook, I think Rob Gronkowski and OJ Howard have – similar seasons I think they're going to be utilized a lot and I you know you've you've heard good news where Brady's talked about dining with OJ Howard having OJ Howard over to the house with the family those are things you want to hear especially for OJ Howard having a slow start to his career and uh, I think he's just going to benefit so much having Brady and Gronk to learn from and and you just hope he uh he shines yeah, absolutely. I mean, O.J. Howard, a guy who obviously has, has yet to reach his potential, but still has plenty of time. I mean, you know, uh, some people have to remember this is still a very young guy, very still in the early parts of his career, plenty of time to go. Uh, and and he, he's already proven he's got the work ethic and the humility, I think, to really kind of take what he's done so far in his career, receive coaching, whether it be from the coaching staff, of course, or then, you know, other players like Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, obviously, and capitalize on that. So obviously looking forward. And I, and I got to be honest, guys. Uh, we've heard Bruce Arians talk about the 12 personnel thing and, and being the main package. And then you see that initial depth chart drop with two starting tight ends, just reiterating that 12 personnel package. I look at the New Orleans Saints, who the Buccaneers face in week one. When I look at their defense, I got to say the weakest part of their defense, I think you guys probably agree, has to be the linebacker position. So when you have those two tight ends lining up on, on the offense and you have them challenging those, those linebackers, putting pressure on those linebackers, they're not going to be able to, to stack up with these guys. It's just not going to happen. So that then forces those safeties to try to do what they can to help out, which then is going to leave room for Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Scotty Miller when he gets in the game, Rojo, Leonard Fournette, who was able to take a big step forward last year as a receiver. I mean, it really is kind of pick your poison. And when you're the New Orleans Saints, where are you going to leave a hole? Where are you going to leave someone in one-on-one -on -one coverage on every single play? Because you, you kind of are in that situation. So very excited to see what, what this offense is going to be able to do with those guys. And of course, speaking of those wide receivers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin leading the way, uh, obviously zero surprise there. Scotty Miller, maybe the star of training camp this year, uh, coming in there with that second string along with Justin Watson, Tyler Johnson, unfortunately often injured here in his rookie training camp, but still on the active roster. Jaden Mickens, who's also going to have that special teams role. And then to the practice squad, Cyril Grayson, who's got some connections with the saints previous uh, to his stop with the Buccaneers. And then Josh Pearson, from Jacksonville State, who a lot of people had some excitement about entering training camp. Uh, didn't really hear a whole lot about him as training camp went on. And then, of course, wide receivers John Franklin and John Hurst starting the season on IR. JC, what are your overall thoughts on the wide receiver group? What do you think about the potential of Scotty Miller in this offense this year and how he's going to work into that 12 personnel base package? I mean, you got to love this wide receiver group. You got to be pumped if you're a Bucks fan, knowing you have Mike Evans and returning starter Chris Godwin from last year. And then with Scotty Miller, I just I think the guy could be a stud. I think with Brady and his connection he, they've developed in camp and the way Brady's talked about him, smart kid, picking up the offense quick. I think, you know, this is a blessing in disguise having Brady for, for Scotty Miller. And if you go back to college, I think uh, Scotty Miller was asked, like, what would, would his dream quarterback be? And he answered Tom Brady. Um, I, I've tweeted about it a lot. I, I really think that, you know, not necessarily having the same playing styles, but he could have a very similar impact on Scotty Miller as he did Julian Edelman. They both came from small schools, sixth and seventh round picks, high upside guys that just needed to learn and develop. And, you know, Scotty Miller's obviously been known to play a little outside more than slot, but, you know, who knows what Tom Brady can do with him and develop him into.
JC, we're going to switch over to yet another position group that's a little bit murky, and that is the uh, the running back group. Look, Bruce Arians all offseason has been talking up Ronald Jones and, and talking about how much they believe in him, how how great he can be. And, and I do buy into that to a certain extent. But then comes the draft, they draft Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round. They draft Raymond Cala, uh, Calais in, in the seventh, who's now with, with Los Angeles Rams. They bring in Shady McCoy. And it's like, okay, I get it. You have a veteran leader. You have one of the best running backs in the NFL over the course of essentially the last 10 years, but he's getting on in age a little bit. You know, he's going to be kind of the third down guy. He's still effective out of the backfield. He's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's upset that he was a, a healthy scratch for the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, you know, ruining his opportunity to play on the biggest stage of his profession. But it's like, you know what, I, I get it. Good mentor for Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is still the guy. That's all we heard. Ronald Jones is a guy. Ronald Jones is a guy. Boom. Leonard Fournette, you know, comes in. The the coaching staff decides to add Leonard Fournette as well. So how do you see this running back group kind of shaking out? And what are your feelings on on kind of how the Buccaneers built up Ronald Jones only to in in the public eye devalue him? just a week before the season started. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Ronald Jones. I'm, you know, I, I liked the pick uh, when it happened. Um, I, last year, he, he shows, obviously he shows flashes that he can be a very solid RB1. And I think his, his weeks, his, the issues that come up are his hands. And I think that's where the Shady McCoy signing came from. It's like, here's a veteran guy that you know can catch the ball out of the backfield. Because with Tom Brady, you know he likes to dump it off to his running backs. And if you go back to Ronald Jones and kind of follow his social media and look at what training he was doing in the offseason, his coach, um, I mean, they were working hard every day on his hands. And when you watch the videos, you can see his improvement, but you just it's hard not to notice that it's just not natural for him to catch the ball. Um, when it comes to Leonard Fournette, all right, I was absolutely pumped about the signing. Fournette comes in. You know, I'm not exactly a huge fan of the guy's attitude in the past, but, um, you know, I've said it on my podcast that hasn't been released yet. You know, this guy was on a sinking ship in Jacksonville. He was seeing some of his best friends, Jalen Ramsey, getting traded away. He knew that it wasn't a good situation. He knew he wasn't going to win a Super Bowl there. And, you know, he, he has a fresh start now and, and he's underperformed in his career after being a top five pick and people thinking that, you know, he was, you know, a lot of people were like, holy crap, this guy has the potential to be the best running back of all time. The physicality, it's just insane. And, and when he comes here to Tampa, I think it's a fresh start for him. And like he said today, he's finally got a really good quarterback that he's never had before. And, and I think Tom Brady and this Bucks offense, Mike Evans, Chris Goblin, Gronk, OJ, they open up lanes that he literally has never had in his career. Like he, he has never run against non-stacked boxes like he's always had the box stacked against him like when a team's playing against Leonard Fournette you're stacking the boxes he's the main guy and you know I think he walks in here and I think he could just absolutely blow up in this offense uh uh it could be crazy and you know like you said before uh Ronald Jones been talked up as the guy and you know uh Bruce Arians he's he always sticks up for his players and he's loyal to Ronald Jones but 
in my mind, I think even starting Sunday, I think they're going to get equal equal work, equal shares of the ball. And I think as the season goes on, it becomes maybe 70-30 net um, with a little sprinkle of LaShawn McCoy. You dropped a little bit of thing in, in what you just said, and we, we can't let you get past that. Did you say you were a new podcast? That's correct. I, uh, Paige, Demacos, and I are uh, launching a podcast that I think our first episode will come out Friday night. Fantastic. Oh, snap. I, know, I know that's something that's been in the plans and the works for a long time, JC. So congratulations on that. But I definitely wanted to, to make you elaborate on that a little bit as I heard you drop that line in there in your, in your description. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to leak the name or anything like that. We're going to do it all on social media and, uh, and do it right. But yeah, uh, the podcast is coming. It's going to be dropping at the end of this week. We'll be doing two episodes a week. Um, we'll be recording on Friday nights and we'll be for preview shows. And then we'll be doing post game shows on Tuesdays. So fantastic. Welcome to the scrum. That is Buccaneers podcast mania. Um, I look forward to listening to your show, of course, and, and I wish you all the best and, and success with that, of course. But something that dropped today, right, speaking of, of new news, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers invited three running backs in to, uh, to work out for the team today, including Kenyon Barner, and today, of course, being Tuesday. Um, now, you've already kind of talked about the running back group and how you think by the end of the season it's going to be a 70-34 net split over Rojo. A lot of people are shaken about you know what Bruce Aarons – we all know Bruce Aarons to be a straight shooter, but – you know, the recent moves, the adding of Shady McCoy, the adding of Leonard Fournette uh, has, has already kind of shaken that stance. And then, and then, like you said, you expect that 70-30 split. Does does the fact that they brought in three other running backs to, to work out, granted, probably targeting practice squad slots, right? Not exactly challenging for a starter, but the fact that the team is focusing so much on working out even more players at that position, does that shake even, even more of, of your confidence a little bit in Rojo's long-term viability? Or does it speak bigger to the lack of what Keyshawn Vaughn has been able to do so far in training camp? I don't think that has anything to do with Rojo. I think that all has to do with Keyshawn Vaughn. And with Keyshawn Vaughn, that was not oh, my favorite pick. I was not happy with that pick. That was the one pick I was definitely shaking my head at. Um, and I think, you know, if I remember back to draft day when we selected Vaughn, I do remember that I heard the Jags had offered Fournette for our pick. But clearly, you know, that salary of Fournette's was too high then. And, and it all worked out in the end. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think all of us were kind of confused of, of the Keyshawn Vaughn pick. Even, even I mean, a lot of us expected a second-round pick to go running back. I think everybody is happy with Antoine Winfield Jr. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but even when that pick was coming up in the third round, I know I know Bailey Adams, at least of Bucks Nation, was pounding the table for Zach Moss versus a guy like Keyshawn Vaughn. So maybe even that pick would have been better. Uh, again, I mean, all is well that ends well. They end up getting uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Maybe he works out. Maybe he works out, you know, in the end. In the end. Uh, but at the same time, they also get Leonard Fournette, like you said, for, for, for a cheaper price. More coming up here in just a minute on the Locked On Bucks podcast with our friend J.C. Cornell, founder and CEO of the Draft Network. But before we get to that, we want to talk to you about another friend, and that, of course, is Built Bar. Built Bar has relaunched with 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, which is one of my favorites, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake and apple almond crisp. These bars are still covered in 100% chocolate. They're even softer and even easier to chew. They're great for the health conscious people, the people trying to lose or maintain weight, and the people who just want to indulge in a delicious treat without having to worry about calorie, sugar, and whether or not they fit in the keto diet. For example, the Cherry Barcia Built Bar has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and just 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you will get $10 off of your next 
order. If, if you took advantage of the first campaign Built Bar ran here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, you got your deal there. You can get your deal again with $10 off of your next order using promo code locked on at BuiltBar.com. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code locked on for $10 off your next order. You are back here with the Locked On Bucks podcast. David Harrison, James Jarko of BucksNation.com and the Locked On Bucks podcast, joined by JC Cornell of the Draft Network. JC, before we get to the final segment of our offensive preview here of the Buccaneers' initial 53-man roster, we got to go to quarterback, right? Obviously, no surprise. Tom Brady leading leading the pack there. Blaine Gabbert, number two. Ryan Griffin, number three. I think that's pretty much what everybody expected. The only surprise maybe, and I, and I want to ask you if there was a surprise to you, is maybe the Buccaneers carrying three quarterbacks, but Bruce has already kind of been on record in the preseason or during the offseason talking about, you know, kind of some COVID, uh, some some things that might change due to COVID and, and possibly keeping that third quarterback because of those COVID considerations, wanting to have a guy who's been in the meeting rooms, been at practices in case one of these quarterbacks specifically goes down uh, with COVID-19. What are your thoughts on those three quarterbacks? Uh, a lot of people talking about Ryan Griffin just just will not go away. Uh, how do you How do you feel about Ryan Griffin yet again uh, maybe being the healthiest quarterback in the National Football League, playing on an active roster, being paid to be on an active roster with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Listen, like clearly the guy knows what he's doing out there and and does enough to stay on the roster. And I think you're completely right that they will need to keep all three of these guys on the active roster because of COVID-19. You never know when someone's going to test positive and whatnot. And, you know, uh, hey, guys. Josh Rosen was signed to the practice squad. UCLA fan over here. I'm absolutely pumped about that. And even more pumped uh, with the fact that there's the new rule where you can protect four of your squad players. And sure enough, I saw the news before we jumped on that the week one uh, protected player, one of the protected players the Bucks protected was sure enough, Josh Rosen. Um, So excited about that. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pumped about the future and possibly developing him to, to be a successor here for Tom Brady because I know he can make every throw and I know he has the potential. I just think he needs to learn and, and learn from the best. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. And it's <clears throat> it's crazy when you think about it that Josh Rosen has been in the NFL for two years now. He's been caught in two absolutely no-win situations with both the Arizona Cardinals and the Miami Dolphins. But he's younger than first overall pick in the 2020 draft, Joe Burrow. Two months younger than Joe Burrow. So now, depending on how things go with Rosen this year, we're gonna we're gonna ask you to kind of look look down the line a little bit because David and I both liked the addition of Rosen to the practice squad. We think it was a smart decision for not only the Buccaneers, but it was a really smart decision for Josh Rosen and his future. Uh, fun stat. The Miami Dolphins are paying Josh Rosen more money to be on the Buccaneers practice squad than the New England Patriots are paying Cam Newton to be their starter. Pretty Fun amazing fact. stat. Yeah. But take a look kind of down down the road a little bit to the 2021 Buccaneers. Is Josh Rosen going to be the active backup quarterback behind Tom Brady before he becomes the guy to take over as the starter? and the quarterback of the future for these Buccaneers who, in my opinion, sheer, pure, 100% opinion, will not have Bruce Arians as a head coach after Tom Brady retires. Right. And um, listen, so according to my sources with with Rosen, 
there's no reason to bring him to the active roster this season if they can protect him on the practice squad. So all this year should be learning for him, developing. And if that coaching staff is confident in him and his future, I, I would fully expect him to be on as a backup next year behind Brady. Um, as you said, with Arians, you know, I, I do agree. I have not heard a word about this, but I do agree. You know, if he, if he wins the Super Bowl with Brady and whenever Brady's done, I could definitely see Arians leaving and seeing Todd Bowles take over as the head coach or who knows, maybe Byron Leftwich. Um, I know I had heard, you know, initially in the beginning that the plan probably would be for Todd Bowles to be the successor to Arians. So we'll see how that all plays out. But, um, yeah, I think you hit it right on the nose. All right. And, JC, to, to kind of wrap things up with the offense here, uh, over at Bucks Nation, we, we pulled out our predictions vault where one of our staff writers, Evan Winter, did some, he set some over-under numbers. And um, I'm, I'm not going to have you go through all of them, but there were quite a few uh, pretty good ones for the Buccaneers offense. I'm just going to pick my personal favorite. Mike Evans, this year in 2021 or 2020, he's competing with Chris Godwin. He's competing with O.J. Howard, Rob Gronkowski, Rojo, Fournette, Shady, all, all, of the, uh, all the players for the opportunity to catch the ball. So Mike Evans receiving stats for 2020, J.C. Cornell over under 67 and a half receptions, 1,175 and a half yards, and seven and a half touchdowns. I think over. Over uh, across the board? Yeah. Over on oh. all of them. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, let's, oh, sorry. Okay. I didn't know I had the option for each. Okay. Let's go. It was how many? 67 all receptions? Right. 67 and a half receptions over under. I'm going to go over. All right. 1,175 and a half yards. I'm going to go just under. I think it's going to be right around like 1,100. Okay. And seven and a half touchdowns. I'll go over. Over. Interesting. Interesting. I went under across the board. And David David looks like he went under across the board but doesn't like the stat line to begin right. with. Because I mean, <laughs> the way that I took it when I responded to it is that we had to go all or nothing. Like, like some of you, and James, you actually called yourself out for a Brady over under for cheating by picking which ones you want to go over or under on. I took it like a soldier and I just threw all my chips into one basket and said over on all of them or under on all of them, which I now regret. <laughs> well, I, I just said that I didn't know if it was cheating or not, but I was going to do it my way because Evan didn't set any parameters. Yeah, I applaud you for it. And JC, <laughs> I mean, I like your predictions. If I, if I could go over under on each, each individual one, I think that's, that's pretty much where I'd go. And that's a, that's a really good season for a number one receiver in a stacked offense. I just think him and Brady are just going to have such a great connection. Um, Mike's such a perfect receiver for Tom Brady. It's it's going to be fun to watch. All right. Well, JC, we certainly appreciate talking some uh, some offense with you. JC, real quick, where can everybody find everything that you're doing? You can find me at Cornell NFL on Twitter, and uh, that's the only one you really need to worry about right now. <laughs> All right. And, of course, you can check out everything David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Give us a call at 813-444-5841. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other, and we thank you so much for joining us right here 